you got to move your big fingers. Oh, I'm sorry. And then if that gets tired, tiring, I'll, I'll bring it back. Okay. All right. We are on. Um, welcome, everybody. I want to go ahead and get started on time today because um, Kyle has so graciously agreed to appear. And I know this is a very busy day for him. Um, it's election day. And so if you live near me in the Pennsylvania State Senate District 19 and you haven't already voted, um, you have five more hours to Lisa, go and do so. What municipality are you in again? I live in Avondale Borough. Okay. I'm, I'm out here in Oxford right now. So I feel You're like in Oxford. Okay. So he's in Oxford. If you want to go say hi um, at one of the precincts there. Um, but we wanted to have a quick chat about kids and race. And the reason that I invited Kyle is that, um, first of all, he, you know, when you think about should I invite a minister to come speak or a teacher to come speak or a school board member to speak, um, he just checks like all the boxes, um, including being president of um, a chapter, a local chapter, the Westchester, Westchester chapter of the NAACP. So, um, that's why I have him here today. If you want to ask a question, go ahead and type it on the right-hand side and we, or type it as a comment and we'll see it on our right-hand side. Um, but Kyle, I just want to ask you for people like me and I'm just a middle-aged mom sitting at home in a quarantine, um, you know, watching all this and all I can think of is that, you know, this is not the world I want to live in. This is not the world I want my kids to grow up in. What can we do? I, well, I like leading with that question. It's a, it's a big question. The first thing is um, seek to have greater understanding of one's own privilege and one's own place in the issue. And I'm not going to say place in the problem. We know it's a problem, but place in the issue. Because a lot of the times, and um, these two fine teenagers that are volunteering with me today and being my incredible helpers, um, they, they witnessed me have a conversation with, uh, you know, a pastor and we were just talking about our various perspectives and it was a challenging conversation for a couple of minutes. And that's not why I'm, I'm out here in Oxford, but what I've learned through my experiences is, uh, that's why I'm, I'm here among other things is to lean into sometimes the difficult conversation and to do it in a, a difficult way. And I like to think that's one of the reasons, uh, according to the testimony of some folks coming out of the polls, that's one of the reasons some individuals are voting for me is because I believe that there is a way to engage in the difficult work and, and still respect one another. But really going back to the crux of your question, we have to understand where we are and our privilege. All of us come to issues from a perspective. As a black man in America, I have a certain perspective. I, I know what it is to be racially profiled. I understand what it is to have the mother sit you down and give you the talk before you start driving. Um, though that is a, a burden that is a part of life in the United States. So that's my perspective. And for those who have not examined their perspective and their privilege, they won't understand it. So a self-examination is the very first thing. Uh, practically after that, you can join it and become a member of the NAACP or join some sort of civil rights organization. But if you haven't examined your own privilege, you're going to bring your privilege to that organization and continue to do damage. So I, I would really say, as philo philosophical as it sounds, the first level is to seek an understanding of oneself and one's privilege and then move from there. So how do we... Um 
I know that I'm sure, you know, there are decades of ingrained, you know, even though right now I can say, as I sit here, my heart is in the right place. I know that there are ingrained biases and just like, you know, as you know, I have a disabled child and just like when people are really well intended and I know they truly care about Kevin, they say the wrong thing. Um, I don't ever want to scare people off from caring because because they're afraid to say that say or do the wrong thing and that's kind of the way I feel about this issue like I, I feel like I'm frozen into inactivity because I'm afraid of saying or doing the wrong thing because of things I don't know because yeah. I don't know like I it's that whole you don't know what you don't know piece and I don't know what I don't know yeah yeah learning uh, I'm glad you said that uh, I know at home I have a library of, of critical conversations and uh, Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow and um, Stamps from the Beginning and a bunch of other books that, that help anybody understand uh, race and class issues more. But I like that you, you mentioned your son because, um, you know, I, one thing that happen, happens often is we get into this sort of like oppression Olympics. So it happens among, you know, groups talking about race and groups talking about uh, sexuality and gender issues and groups talking about disability issues, any sort of marginalized or uh, oppressed population, we can sort of get into this, what, what some of us call the oppression Olympics. And I know if you invited me into a conversation, Lisa, which, you know, I think you kind of have through the things we posted and through our conversations. If you invite me into a conversation about disability issues, one of the worst things for me to do is say, well, you know, with race, no, the conversation at that time is about disability issues. And that's what we're there to talk about. That's the population we're there to, to lift up and esteem. And what so often happens in America is when there is an elevation of the race conversation, it's like, yeah, well, you know, as a this, I've experienced that when I was 17 in Brooklyn, this happened. It's like, no, you know, this is what we're talking about. Let's deal with this issue and not get into the, the comparison, the quantification, all that kind of stuff. That's a part of it too. Staying focused and really challenging oneself to listen and to, to learn, to read, to examine, to study. So if we were still back in school, um, what would you be talking to your students about uh, this week? I, I would be doing, number one, I would be doing more listening than anything else because uh, it, I've taught in different environments. I've been, how are you, sir? Good. I've been good. I've been blessed to um, teach different populations. I've taught classrooms with majority African American students. I've taught classrooms with majority Hispanic students, majority white students, and I've loved all of them: urban, suburban, high school, middle, math. Hi, hey guys, how are you? Social studies. Um, I I would first listen, and I would let them see the world right? Structured. Let them see what's happening. Most of them already know, but let them see what's happening. And we'd have conversations. Uh, one of the worst things a teacher can do is proselytize. And I've never done that. But to this day, some of the best comments I get from former students, uh, particularly white students, Mr. Boyer, I love that you exposed me too, because you made me think about, not you told me, not you said, this is what black men think. No, I don't do that. But I've always invited students, regardless of race, into a conversation. Bye. And um, 
I think that's where the most learning happens. It's sort of this discovery. They begin to see, you know what? I have privilege. That person lacks privilege. Um, this, this person has experienced and continues to experience this type of oppression. That's kind of what I like as, as a teacher, social studies. I am finishing a, a year in math, so it's a little different. But there's opportunities even, even in math if you structure it the right way. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I know I have, we all have things to learn from each other. Is that kind of the advice right now? That, I mean, just because I'm an advocate and a lobbyist by nature, it's not my nature to sit silent. It's, it's I'm a doer. But you're saying to just... just he just kind told of, me I was awesome. And he's a Republican. All right. That should tell you, you know, it, when you speak your truth and, and you, you stand and you, you approach it the right way, you, you invite people in. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, that's all right. Um, so are you saying right now, as, as for those of us who are activist minded and we're doers and we like to do things, we like to help. Um, but you're saying just right now, sit, sit and listen and learn. And that's really. Yeah, I don't want to make a false, a false dichotomy there. You can definitely you know, attend the rallies and, and peacefully um, and demonstrate. You can also support um, honorable police at the same time. And, and make sure that they know, you know, that you want them to be protected. I mean, the, when these things aren't mutually exclusive, but um, I think for some people, there's always this sense to like do sometimes doing is just being an ally and just join. What do you, what are you doing? I see you all as an oppressed group. What, what can I do? Ask. There is a local okay. chapter of the NAACP, wherever you live, whoever's watching, seek out, seek out the leadership and ask. The, the faith community is still very important, um, regardless of what it is. Seek out one of one of your local churches with a uh, predominantly African American membership and ask the pastor, "How can I? How can I partner? What can I do to support?" I think right now they are very affirming actions, and you can go back into your space and do certain things too. But um, seeking ways to to learn and to affirm at the same time—they're they, not mutually exclusive. Okay. Um, well, listen, I know you're crazy busy and you're trying to get votes. So um, if you got one, I take one more. Okay. Um, does anybody have, have a question they want to ask while, um, sorry, I'm scrolling through. Um, question for Kyle about your kids. Um, I guess also then as a white mother, how do, how, you know, I don't have your lived experiences and you don't have mine. So how do I talk to, you know, I've tried explaining my 11-year-old, when he saw all this stuff in the news, he said, yeah, yeah, I get it. It's because of George Floyd. Um, and I said, well, it's not really just about George Floyd. Um, and I kind of went into that a little bit. But what he's learning is basically from the NBA and NFL players that he follows, because he follows a lot of them on Instagram. But what what should we be telling our kids? Are, are, and I'm talking about not ones that we want to form their thoughts, but littler ones who truly need explanation of, hey, you know, this the city of Philadelphia is shut down, mom. Like, should I be concerned? Oh, yeah. And there's one. Um, oh, how to discuss it with those who have literal thinking. Oof. <laughs> that, that's that's hard. Um, it's hard in any context. It's hard as a teacher to teach a kid who's who because of what they've experienced and because of how they've been conditioned, thinks one way. That that question is very difficult. Uh, but I think the two are tied together. This is one thing that is is difficult to wade through because I, I don't have children of my own. As much as I think I've been a father figure to many, I've got kids, 
I have a little cousin who's who's here. Um, many kids who look up to me. I don't necessarily bear the burden of a parent, but I, I feel like maybe if if I were a white parent with a little kid, I might first assess because you always want to assess. You know, and sometimes the assessment is just the comment they bring to you, right? And say, you know, sometimes, honey, in the world, there are in America, in our country, in our neighborhood, there are sometimes people who are treated differently just because of the color of their skin. That's simple. And that is not that is not right. You know, I, I heard you say form their thinking. Sometimes there has to be some sort of of forming. We have racism is learned. Yeah. You know, the discrimination, prejudice, bias, that's learned. Kids aren't born thinking that uh, Johnny is different because Johnny is black or, or white. It is uh, it is a formed sort of thing. So I said that to say, and I do have to go now because there there is another meeting. I, I would say dis- discern a, a certain truth that you can tell your kid in the way of formation because we do teach our kids things. Flush the toilet after you're done. It's not an exception. You know, I'm not I'm not debating whether or not I'm going to form your opinion. I don't want to come in and see the little, you know, the little floating. <laughs> Wash your hands. And under normal circumstances, wear a mask in public. It's not a debate. I'm trying to form your opinion. This is a value. It has to be a value that in our family, whether that be because we, it's our faith, because that's our values, however you form it, we treat people right regardless. Not with not this fake, we don't see color thing. Everybody looking at your screen sees a brown face. So I don't want to. I don't want to pretend to not see color. No, we do. But we treat people right regardless of the color. That's that's the value that that should be formed. Okay. All right. Well, since you have to go, um, good luck today. Unfortunately, we're not going to have our results for a week, right? No, I don't. I, no, I. We better get ours. <laughs> oh, Governor Wolf said he was giving a, a week to count mail-in ballots. I think in just those six six counties, Philly, Erie, oh, okay. Delaware, um, it may be Berks, but it's only six counties, not Chester. So get those mail-in ballots to voter services before eight o'clock. Thank okay. you so much, Lisa. Gotcha. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, I'm going to stay on for just another minute or two um, because I had some, I see some questions about literal thinkers and... Um, you know, autism, obviously a little more literal thinking, um, kids on the spectrum. I'm going to try to dig up a list of resources and books, um, in particular, you know, books about racism and discrimination and books about, um, you know, just books about this, but particularly those written by black authors, um, because I think that's something that needs to kind of get out there. So I will be um, transcribing this as I always do and sending it out. And um, that's it. I'm sorry I couldn't be longer. Sorry it was only 15 minutes today. But again, it's election day and he's um, out out campaigning. So just another reminder, if you are in Washington, D.C., Indiana, Iowa, Maryland, Montana, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Dakota, and Delaware, those are the states that have your primary today. So please get out and vote. Okay. Thank you so much.